man of character, man of chivalry, uh, made sure my brothers and I understood what it meant to be polite, open doors for women, and table manners and things like that. And so as I ventured off and kind of got on my own, um, I was caught up in all kinds of things in the early 70s and so forth. And I would make these decisions. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to, I'm going to really kind of go in the straight and narrow. And you know what? Never happened. It last, I'd be surprised. You know, quit this, do this, blah, blah, blah. Never happened. I couldn't last 12 hours. You know, and they were all great decisions. Uh, part of the problem was is the, the group of people that my friendships and the culture that I was part of, uh, they would have to change. And then I, I came to Christ. I came to Christ. And all of a sudden, I was able to step out of one world and step into another world. And it was like night and day. It was just like night and day. And understanding that I didn't know what the church culture really was. I didn't know. I would ask people and go, I'd kind of, people next to me, I said, why do they do that? You guys ever, ever been like that? Uh, if you grew up in church culture, you knew. I didn't. And I'd ask that question. Or I'd be uh, in a, um, with the African-American brothers and sisters, and I'd be at their church. And they would stand up and go like this. During the sermon or hot worship time, you know, it's just like, wait, I wish, I really wish I had a cloth right now because then I could really rock as I, I'm going to sweat, uh, you know. But I'd ask, I said, well, so why do they do that? And it, it says, it's their way of saying, I am with, I am so with what you're saying, right? So I am so into what you're saying. You you're the man or you're the woman, you know. And that's, and, and you know, so I thought I was really kind of a cool deal. And then, um, you know, and then on my early days, I was kind of a part of a Pentecostal church, and these people were, they rocked. They'd make us look like wannabes, trust me. Anyways, uh, so, but then I all of a sudden, because of coming to Christ and, and, and leaning in and, and being, being filled and connected to the Holy Spirit, I realized that I was able to make choices and changes that I was able to walk in that I never could before. I never could do these things before. You know, so Jesus, as I, I'm going to repeat some of the scriptures that we used last week, he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall, walk, shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And that's really what was taking place in my world. I had that light. I had that walk of life. And, and my life was like a 180 degree turn. And then, you know, Jesus goes on to say, it says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing, but thrown out and trampled underfoot. And then he goes on and says in Matthew, you are the light of the world. You know, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And basically what he goes on to say, let your light shine. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do, they, nor, do the lamp, nor do the light a lamp and put it under a bushel. In other words, you don't light something and then hide it, right? You just, you just don't do that. But, but you put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Have you ever 
Have you ever noticed you can be in a very dark place and you can have a pin light and how it illuminates? I mean, it just seriously just illuminates that, wor- that room in a just uh, amazing way. And this is what Jesus is saying here. So let your light so shine before men that you may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, that they might see your good works. Now, Jesus went on to say in Matthew 28, he goes, all authority, and this is verse 18, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. In other words, what he's saying, everything has been given to me. From the beginning to the end, the scripture says that Jesus is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to preserve all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. So Jesus says, I am with you. And we sang many songs today that he's for us. He's walking with us through life, uh, the mist of life, the good times of life, the bad. We are called to live a life that shines. Simply put, that shines. We're called to live a life because of Jesus of attraction. It's being, being a follower of Christ, even though people might ridicule you or say, oh, you're one of those, or Jesus is your crutch. The truth is, Jesus is very attractive. We might not, from time to time, we might not show that light like we should, and you know we're all just humans, but Jesus is attractive. And I mentioned last, light, last time I spoke is a life that my inside, that's changing from the inside out. As a matter of fact, Paul called it being transformed. We're being transformed in Romans 12. And the idea is there is like a, a, a caterpillar that goes into a cocoon and then comes out after a period of time, comes out as a beautiful monarch. I like monarchs, so I'll say monarch. A beautiful monarch butterfly, right? I mean, it's just gorgeous. Just this, this beautiful. And that's every one of us. Every one of us are going through this metamorphosis. Every one of us are being changed from the inside out. The problem is that some of us, if you're like me, some of us want to change overnight, right? Yeah. 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 How's that working? I'm just asking, how's it working? Sometimes change is a journey, right? It's a journey with Jesus. And then, over in Acts chapter 1... I'm excited for us today, by the way. We have the disciples with about a little over 100 other people, and they're in this upper room. And Jesus has ascended into heaven. He says, go and wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. And so they're in the upper room. They're there in Jerusalem, and they're praying. And you have to understand, they've just been through all these issues. And, you know, you can imagine, they don't know what their future is going to be like. They have no clue where, what they're supposed to do. Jesus said, just go and wait. And it's a time of Pentecost, a time of, of religious celebration. So 
People were in Jerusalem, Jewish people were in Jerusalem from all over the known world to come to celebrate Pentecost. And so they're there and they're praying. And then as Jesus told them to go there, he said to them, He said that the Holy Spirit would come upon them. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And he goes on to say, and he says, It is not for you to know the time of the season which the Father has put into his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. The key word here is you will be our witnesses, my witnesses. You will, your light will shine. Your, your salted life will have flavor. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Go and wait, and then you're going to be empowered by God to live this life, to live a light that shines. You're going to, you're going to change from the inside out. And then he goes, goes on. So that my question to you is, what is your story? And what is the story you want? What is, it, what is your story and what is the story you want? And I think that's, that's a, a great question, don't you? How do you want to be recognized? What do you want people to think about you when they, when they meet you? What is it that you want to reveal to others? I remember early on in my life that, that um, actually I was living in Oregon at the time. I just messed up my whole rhythm here. Why don't I just do that? Welcome to my world. And um, I was really confused about my future. I was in my early 20s, so that meant it was a very long time ago. And... Um, but I, I remember I was taking a walk, and I was living in Eugene, Oregon, and I was just concerned about my future. Well, not really concerned. I just wanted to know, where am I, what am I doing? Where am I going to go? What should I be doing the rest of my life? And I was having this dialogue. I was praying about it, actually. And I just felt, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to me, he said, Daryl, you can do anything you want. Make a choice. You can do anything you want. And I thought... What do I want to do? I didn't know, really. What do I want to do? And I thought to myself, you know, Lord, the only thing that truly satisfies me, truly makes me happy, is serving you. That's the only thing. And I, and I, and, and I didn't come out going, I'm going to do this career or this other career. I just realized that no matter what I did, I needed to do it as unto Jesus. As unto him. Live for Jesus. And I, I've done that, tried to do that all my life. And so here we are. What is your story? And your story matters. Your story matters. It really does. Your story really does matter. Who you are matters. And, and, and I don't care what people say. I mean, look, I've, grown, I've been around for a little bit. Um, and uh, I've had a lot of good things said about me. And I've had a lot of bad things said about me. And I had a, I've had a lot of lies said about me. 
And at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, what mattered to me is that, Jesus, what do you think about me? What do you think about me? Now, I don't mind, you know, if, I've, if I made a mistake, I'll, I'd like to think I would say I did and ask for forgiveness and say I'm sorry. I mean, you can be a follower of Christ. You better get sorry down pretty good, um, right? So anyways, thinking of Acts 2 here. Right. Anyway, I'm done with that. It says, on the day of Pentecost, this is Acts 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. And that idea, the idea there is the breath of God. And the word in the Hebrew is rah. The breath of God came coming through. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And then, they looked like, and then it looked like flames of tongue appearing and settling on each one of them. Just try to picture that in your mind. I don't know how dramatic that is, but if I thought I had some kind of flame sitting on my head, I'd be going, what in the world's going on? Anyways. Um, but they understood... And they've been around enough that this was the promise that Jesus was talking about. In verse 4, And everyone, presented, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in another language as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. And at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. So in other words, it wasn't just this quiet prayer meeting. There's a storm-like thunder going on, and everybody came running to see what was going on. And when they heard the noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own language being spoken by the believers. And they were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all Gentiles. Are all from Galilee. I'm sorry. They're not Gentiles. They were Jews. Okay, did you guys get that? They were all uh, Galileans and not Gentiles. They were Jews. I don't want to confuse anybody here. They're going, how can this be? And yet, we hear them speaking in our own native language. So there's this phenomenon taking place. This download of heaven coming into this place. And there are people from all over. So there's many languages, what we're talking about right here. And when they heard the people speaking in their own language about the wonderful things God has done, they stood there amazed and complex. What can this mean? What can this, what can this mean? They, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, Ah, they're just drunk. Well, it was 9 o'clock in the morning. They're just drunk. I would say, yeah, they were drinking that Holy Ghost champagne. Anyways. (laughs) My Pentecostal roots just kind of came up. (laughs) And then Peter steps up, steps forward, and the 11 other apostles shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews, And residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning, 
is much too early for that. And then Peter comes forth and he begins to talk about a prophecy that was given in the Old Testament in the book of Joel. And he says this, No, what you see is the prediction long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last day, God will pour out his spirit upon people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In these days, I will pour out my spirit even onto my servant, my men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in heaven above and signs below, blood and fire, clouds and smoke. Now we are those that believe that the Bible and the Holy Spirit is still active today. We believe that the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is still active today. I believe in healing. I believe in the miraculous. I believe in dreams. I believe in visions. I believe in the prophetic word. And I also understand their abuse. I get it. I understand. That's why it's so important that you and I have a devotional relationship in the word of God because the word of God is so important. The Bible actually says that it is a lamp onto our feet. It guides us. It helps us understand uh, spiritual phenomenons, whether they be from God, because the devil can duplicate. And so it's, you, you, then you might say, well, Daryl, what, what do you do? I said, well, I pray a lot. I have a personal relationship with J Jesus, and he talks to me. But in saying that, you can have that same relationship and you can have that same type of conversation with Jesus. Now my point here today, if we're going to be his witness, if we're going to be the people of God, if you and I are going to be the light and salt of the earth, or if we're going to be a light that is set on the hill that shines so that other people might be able to see and understand that Jesus is alive and well and moving in the midst of the life of his church, you and I need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives to be that witness. We need it. To do it without it is just a lot of hard work, and it's hard enough work with it, Right? I mean, that's a really good... You know, Daryl, you're, you're doing a great job today. But you get what I'm understanding here. The understanding here is to move forward without the presence and the leading of the Holy Spirit is, is to me, is like... Well, I'm, I'm, can, I, can I be real honest and real transparent? To me, it's just religion. It's just religious. I, you, need, and I need the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, if you're here, this very moment, right now, I'm feeling the unction by the Lord, and you're just feeling like powerless, powerless, and you want that um, ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life, and you, it's not just a one-time baptism, because Paul tells us very clearly that the, the refreshing, the renewing, the filling is ongoing. And, um, and I ask the Lord to come and fill me often. So should you. So should you. Lord, I need your help. I need the leading of your Holy Spirit. I need, I need your... Uh, I need heaven to reach down and help me through today. And if you're here right now, this very moment, and you're feeling powerless, you're feeling overcome, you're feeling like the world is coming in against you from every side, 
And maybe you've even felt like there's things in your life that you have not been able to overcome. Things in your life. Skeletons in your closet. Hello? You guys know that language? Skeletons in your closet? The Holy Spirit's going to open the door. And you don't have to live with that anymore. You do not have to live with that anymore. I want you to stand up right now. Right where you're sitting, just stand up. Amen. 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 More, Lord. I'm going to just ask the Holy Spirit to come for each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. Come. Lord, we recognize your presence. And we're here and we want to honor your word. We want to be your witness. We want to be more than overcomers, as the scripture tells us. We want to have all we can have. And we're standing here before you making a public statement that we have that need. And this, this is not about anybody else. This is about you and you alone. I ask you to come with your breath. I ask you to come with your breath. Come. Come now. Come with your breath. Come with your filling. Come with your unction, oh God. Just come. Come, Lord. Amen. So I have a picture in my mind of, I was thinking of a closet, but the, this door being opened in the, the, the Spirit of God, actually Jesus is taking things out of a closet, just taking them out. Past hurts, things done to you, things you've done, just taking them out and taking them out, just taking them out. And um, as we're standing here, my sense is that some of you are really sensing this presence of God or this healing power and this liberating power as we're standing here. So I say more, Lord. More of your presence, more of your grace, more of your love. Amen. 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 You may, you may be seated. And so what, what's going on here is we live from the inside out. And we want people, as we engage with people, to understand that, that we are a people that are changing. And that we want to love the things that God loves, that Jesus loves. And one thing you know is Jesus loves people. Jesus loves you tremendously and loves those around you. He loves the people you don't like. And that was a big revelation for me. I, uh, I had to have a, I had a conversation with Jesus. Uh, I was working in this one job some time ago, and this was a kind of a, a learning moment for me, where there was, I was working with this person that just drove me batty. I mean, it was just hard. And I would, I'd sat there one and I, it was just difficult, the personality, we rubbed each other the wrong way. Anybody know people like that? Do you know people like that? 
You know, they walk into the door and you just go, come on, let's be honest, you know. And so I, I was working the same shift as this person. And I finally, I just started whining to God about it. I said, yeah, can you just put this person, a, give him a raise, a promotion. I don't care, but just get him off of my, when I'm there. Just move this person, right? Just get him away. He drives me nuts, crazy, baffles. I mean, it just causes me to sin. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said, Daryl, I put that person there for you. And I went, what? I don't like it. I don't want him. He doesn't, I don't need him. Oh, but you do. You go, I go, uh, tell me about this. Lord, what do you mean I need that person? I mean, I mean and the Lord said, look, look what it's doing to you. Look what it's causing you to do. Look how you're reacting. I put that person there for you because I want your life to change. I went, I just, you know, when the Lord speaks like that, I just went, don't you just hate it when God's right? That's a good time. You're supposed to say, he's right all the time, right? Come on, yeah. Sometimes, when I say that, sometimes we think we're right. But actually, God's always right. And so what I had to do, and then I said this. I said, okay, since you're not going to remove this person, since I'm going to have to show up tomorrow and he's going to be right there, since I'm going to have to be there and talk to him and, and he's going to tell me his dumb jokes and all that kind of stuff, um, I need you to change my heart. I need you to change my heart because I can't do this on my own. I, I, I can't do this, Lord. I need you to change my heart. And the Lord did. Before, you know, I eventually I, I moved out of, out of that particular city but before it happened, he and I became really good co-workers and friends, and I learned to appreciate that person for who that person was. Not them changing so I could work with them, but that I learned, I changed. I changed. I changed. Amen. I changed. And that changing for me is still happening. Let's have the, the worship team come forward. We are to be a people that are a witness. We're a witness to our family. We're a witness to our neighbors. We're a witness to people that we work with. We are to be a witness 24-7. Our light is supposed to shine. The only way that can happen is if you know Jesus. And if you know Jesus, Jesus in you is attractive. People might not understand it. People might, 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 uh, might recognize it and re, and. and Respond to it negatively. That those kinds of things do happen. We're going to take the, our offering now, and re, I just want to say this: it's a great time to put your connect.